Hello, friends! It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another edition of the Hawani Show. Yes, uh, we had one on Monday. DC was off. Had Volkanovsky, Holland, Leon Edwards on the program. Hope you check that out. This time around, we are going one-on-one with Gamebred, Jorge Masvidal. Just a few days away now from UFC 261. It goes down on April 24th in Jacksonville, Florida, to be exact. It's Usman versus Masvidal 2. I haven't talked to Jorge Masvidal since last July, since a couple of days after his loss to Usman in Abu Dhabi last July. And uh, there was a lot to discuss with him, a ton to get to. So stay tuned for that. But before we get into all of that, as you know, the NCAA basketball tournament is over. Congratulations to Baylor. But there's just so much more college basketball news to discuss. And who better than the great duo Seth Greenberg and Dan Dakich to give you all the college hoops info that you need and crave. These two give you the inside access to the world of college basketball on their podcast, Courtside with Greenberg and Dakich. So make sure to rate, review, and follow courtside wherever you get your podcast also as you know baseball is back blue jays doing well very excited about that you can watch all the games all season long on espn plus they have over 170 live mlb games featuring every star and every team in the league so sign up right now over at espnplus.com slash baseball lastly we are celebrating the third birthday of espn plus how about that that's right Three years of bringing you all the hat tricks, three pointers, 30 for 30s, UFC action, PFL action, Ariel and the Bad Guy, and so much more. So celebrate with us today by streaming your favorite live sports, originals, and documentaries on ESPN+. Thanks for joining us for the past three years. And if you don't have ESPN+, Plus yet, and something tells me if you're listening to the show, you do. But if you don't, it's not too late to join the party. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. All right, enough of all that time for today's program which does contain some language that may not be suitable for all audiences so as always listener discretion is advised enjoy ladies and gentlemen welcome to ariel helwani's mma show back in your life on this Wednesday, April 7th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of The Helwani Show. I'm Ariel Helwani, of course. We got a special one today. Just one interview, but it's an extended one. It's with the one and only Jorge Masvidal. I spoke to him a couple days ago. As I said at the very top, had not talked to him since July of last year, and we really had a lot to discuss. You know, why didn't the Nathan Diaz rematch happen? Why didn't the Colby Covington fight happen? How did he get this title fight? Uh, you know, his his star dimming a bit since his uh, his darling year of 2019, where he won, you know, fighter of the year, comeback fighter of the year, most improved fighter. I mean, what a year that was. And then he only fought once in 2020. And a few things have happened uh, since 2019 to, uh, to maybe alienate some fans three things in particular if you ask me and we we addressed those three things so there was a lot to talk to him about as ufc 261 is rapidly approaching april 24th in jacksonville florida sold out capacity crowd uh, and i was really excited about the conversation and i really enjoyed the conversation i think he did a great job of explaining himself i think he did a great job of representing himself and i think you'll like the conversation as well so coming up in a matter of seconds is my one-on-one conversation with the number one contender in the 170-pound division, the one and only Jorge Masvidal, who's about to enjoy his 18th year 
as a pro MMA fighter, which is pretty remarkable. He has an inspiring story, and uh, it was great to catch up with him once again. But before we get to today's interview... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jorge Masvidal, it is good to see you, my friend. How are you? I am phenomenal. It has been a while since we last spoke. I believe the last time we did an interview was July of last year, uh, just a couple days removed from your fight against Kamar Usman. So that being said, we have a lot to discuss. There's a lot of ground to cover. Here's the first thing I'd love to ask you. It seemed after Usman's last fight against Gilbert Burns that we were headed in the direction of you versus Usman 2, but in August or September, in fact, you even told some media that when you were doing the Canelo fight. Why are you fighting April 24th and not later this year? That's the UFC. Because they told me that for months, you know, weeks that we're fighting that day from one day to another completely changed. And you can't find somebody in this company that's more about it than me, especially when they're going to pay my handsome fees. You, you can't you can't find a bigger dog. So... I jumped on the opportunity to break this guy's face. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, man, with six day notice and 20 pounds of cut, I I did some damage to him and he literally couldn't do anything to me because I'm so much more man than him. So I'm thinking 30 days, that's like times five. Yeah, I'm gonna murder this guy. From the time they announced it, you're getting like a month and a half to prepare for this title fight. Do you feel like that is enough? Would you have preferred it be in August or September? For a title fight of, of five rounds, you want like eight to 10 weeks, you know, so you could do certain things here, certain things there, because it's not always the same training. But I'm fighting Usman. I already fought him in six days. I know what he has. I know what he could offer at his best. And, and you know, one thing that I'll take away from our first fight is that he's he's not as mean as he proclaims to be or thinks that he is. I know he loves to jiggle his ass on air like he's Terry Crews and, and intimidate people, but he's not mean. I was in there with him. He's not a mean guy, you know. There's no way if this gets turned around, he steps in there against six day notice that I don't do everything in my power to leave him unconscious or break his arm or just hurt him. He's not that mean guy. So I, I don't feel that uh, that I need any more than what the time I've been given. It's perfect. It did seem like you guys were going to be coaches on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and obviously now you're not. Was that something that you were looking forward to or ultimately you don't care? Ultimately, I don't care to be standing aside a cornball like him or the other guys because it's just going to be corny. He's just going to oh, your mom's this, and you know, then I'm going to slap them one day, and then they're going to find me or something like that. So I, I could have cared less. If they were going to pay what I was asking for, different story than, I, than our coach, you know. But um, that's, you know, that's water under the bridge now because I'm just going to get to break this guy's face like I wanted to. You know, the coach ultimate fight, it's, I got to go away from my family. Who knows with this corona thing, if they're going to put me in some type of bubble. I'm not going to not see my kids for an extended period of time because I'm on some show, so... From the start of it, I, I could have cared less. You know, I just wanted to fight like I always do. And I'm just curious about how you view this. Um, it did seem like UFC 261 was going to have two title fights, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade, and then, of course, Zhang Weili versus Rosnam Yunus, two fantastic fights. But then once they announced that they were moving it to Jacksonville, full capacity, they add your fight. And then it sells out, according to Dana White, in minutes. 
Do you think that they added your fight because they were moving it to a full capacity arena and needed to sell out? And essentially, I'm wondering if you're going to take the credit for it selling out as quickly as it did. Who else gets the credit for it? It's not Usman. You know, what, what did Usman last do with uh, Burns? What did Usman do with Kobe? What has Usman done, period, as far as selling pay-per-views or any of that or generating gates? I got a pretty good gate with me and Nate Diaz. I won't take full credit for that because it was Nate Diaz and me, you know? But that's a good one to be behind on the Madison Square Garden shows you I can sell gates, you know? Now, people could say, well, it's Corona. A Taekwondo JV match would have sold out. Maybe, maybe people want to get out of the house that bad or maybe people want to see the full violence that I bring. We'll find out. Are you disappointed it's not happening in Miami? That seemed to be something that you really wanted. I'm not disappointed. Um, I've always said it, the road is my home. That's where I feel most comfortable at. Miami would have been extra, extra little things. As it is now, I have like my bus driver's son's best friend's uncle texting me for tickets and so on and so on and so on, you know? So it's already like a dilemma, you know? And those tickets are sold out, so it's a problem. Miami would have been the same or worse. Okay, so now I actually want to go back to August and September of last year because it did seem, you just mentioned him, Nathan Diaz, who you, of course, beat in November of 2019, won that BMF. Say it right, beat the dog out of They had to step in, another man had to step in there and say, you can't beat this guy no more because you're going to kill him. It seemed like you guys were moving in the direction of the rematch around late summer, early fall. There were talks of you guys running it. This is before, and I'm going to go step by step here, this is before Colby fought Tyron. Why didn't you end up fighting Nathan Diaz. You couldn't come to terms with the UFC, this and that, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I don't I don't know what goes on in the side. We we tried to make that fight happen. My camp was talking to his camp. It didn't happen. I don't know what the what the exact logistics are. He didn't like the date. He didn't he maybe he thought about it even more. He's like, this guy's gonna destroy my face again. And you know, maybe he wants to have a modeling career or something. I don't know. Do you feel like you owe Nathan Diaz an immediate rematch in, in the sense, or at some point a rematch, I should say, because, you know, he called you out, the BMF title, and it seemed like in the cage after that fight ended somewhat unceremoniously, you said you would run it back. So is this something that you feel at some point you have to give back to him? I told him I'd run it back so you could believe that we're running it back. I don't know when it's going to happen, if it's going to be this year or the next fight right after this. I don't know, but guaranteed we're running it back at some point, you know, as long as he says yes, I am more than willing to break his face, his ribs, and his spirit again. Okay, and so then Colby Cummington fights Tyron Woodley in mid-September, and then all of a sudden it's like, we got to do Jorge versus Colby. Then it seemed like that was the fight that was going to happen. What happened there? Why didn't that come to fruition? Because Colby's a They offered him good money. And then uh, the Kobe deal was that uh, we already knew we had the Usman fight. You know, They had already told me, hey, you have the Usman fight. So why am I going to fight the second place guy that got his jaw broken, left running out of the ring, didn't talk for months on Twitter because he got his jaw broken. Why don't I go fight the guy that broke his jaw? Because I've already been beating the crap out of Kobe for God knows how long. I'm going to beat the crap out of him too before my career is done. But I'm going to fight the biggest and the best fights possible. Then I'll come down to these JV motherfuckers, you know? And... and with Kobe, it's like it's somebody that I really can't stand. So I, I really want to hurt this guy in, in a way that I've never done. You know, like I, I want to make it seem like the Ben Askren fight was very merciful compared to what I'm going to do to Kobe, guaranteed. And that fight will take place. But when I the f say so, you know, because remember, who the f is Kobe? You know, he fought Usman, generated, I think, under 300,000 pay-per-views. What did he do with, with Woodley? You know, he, he just doesn't generate. So I'm going to go get this title. I'm going to keep generating more views, more knockouts, more 
violence, and then I'm going to take it out on Kobe at some point, as long as he could win, you know? If he could win, he's dead. And just for the record, Rory, why do you dislike him so much? The start of it all is my coach, and this is all on my credit, right? Because Kobe and me are like wrestling, exchanging techniques. I'm showing him how to strike. He's showing me how to wrestle. He goes, man, I would love to work with your coach. So he works with my coach for about two months, and then my coach tells him, okay, going forward, like I have with Jorge, like I have at the time with Joel, with, with numerous athletes, it's a handshake, and he goes, I take 5% of what you make. So if you make 5% out of $100 or 5% out of $100 million, that's what I charge. And Kobe said like the that he is. Yeah, of course, for sure. Guess what? When uh, he actually had the chance to actually pay him back some real money when he fought Dos Anjos and he fought for that belt, guess what he did? I'm waiting. I don't know. He stiffed him. Just like he goes around stiffing people, just like he got kicked out of top team and he's been kicked out of the gyms in Oregon and stuff. He stiffed my coach. And since that day on, I've been wanting to put my hands on him. My coach said, wait, we're going to get him in the ring. Don't do it for free. Don't do it for free. And there was a lot of uh, a lot of that back and forth. And I was like, you're right. We'll get him in the ring and embarrass him for life. And I put the nail on that coffin. So with, with, with Kobe's the one person, you know, like obviously I dislike Ben Askren and, and stuff like that. But Kobe's that one person that, and I always say this, wherever I see him, it's a free pay-per-view right there, you know? And he knows that. That's why he used to make videos like, this guy's so unprofessional. He tried to fight me in the street because I, I got kicked out of the gym for trying to assault him one time. And then I used to go to the spots that he used to freaking a lot and got the police called on me and things like that, you know? So um, I know a lot of people think like, man, you're an idiot. You're a professional fighter. Why would you do that? Because I feel like, and nobody tells me what to do, you know? And uh, it's more like loyalty to me. Like you you can't do somebody wrong that, that I love, you know? It's just not going to happen. Did you legit get kicked out of ATT because of him? Not now. I'm back. They brought my ass back. They they both they suspended us both. Um, our general chief and commander Dan Lambert um, had put kind of like a rule like if you don't have a bout agreement signed, uh, I don't want nobody talking crap to nobody in the team, you know. And Kobe had said like numerous things to me already. And he's the one that had always like said little puns here and there and I was just completely ignoring him like ah oh, whatever you know I just I'll see you when I see you right blah 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 and then uh, I had enough one day and I said something back and then I got us both kicked out I talked to Dan about it and then he was like you're right bro this guy's a piece of he's got to go I'm gonna bring you right back you know where you've always been and where you belong and let this coward sink elsewhere have you seen him around town have you ever seen him since then who Colby who you see him around <laughs> Yeah, of course I've seen him. If I had seen him around, you wouldn't, nobody would see of him again. You know, the day he goes missing, you know where the police are going to go. Was it close? Because I had heard they wanted you and him to be coaches on the Ultimate Fight before Usman fought Burns. That was the talk. Was that ever close in your mind? That was never like an official talk. That's, they're throwing things up. They want me, everybody's calling me out. Everybody wants to fight me. They're throwing out numerous things at the time. Me being a coach and the Ultimate Fighter with Kobe was probably never going to happen because I, I was for sure gonna end up in handcuffs. It, it just, it's not gonna play out. You can't pay me enough money to hear this idiot and nah, it's not happening. You, know? you can't pay me enough money to have to deal six weeks with this idiot. I, I would have gone to jail for a fact and I'm not trying to go to jail. I even heard that they were talking about you guys fighting each other in a co-main event, but five rounds, which is something that's happening in May with Nathan and Leon. Did that ever get to you? If we're co-main event where it's, it's three rounds, unless you're gonna pay me five rounds, money fight so that was never really a, a thing you know the thing was always i'm gonna fight usman it was never really nate or kobe and all these things they were throwing in the air like hey this and that but we knew we were gonna get that usman fight long behold i got the usman fight you know who else would deserve it he he went broke kobe's jaw 
Kobe had 10 weeks to prepare for him, had to run out of the ring because he was so embarrassed. Mom, mom, where's my mom? Had to run out of the ring with his wild mouth wired shut. Still can't get his story straight. You ask him, did he break your jaw or not? He doesn't know what to say. So it's like, damn, I beat his ass more than all these other guys on six day notice, 20 pounds a cut. Of course I get the rematch. So then we get to mid-February and Usman fights Burns. What did you think of his performance that night, Kamaro's performance? He's gonna get hurt when we fight. You watched this live? Did you watch it live? I didn't watch it live. But your takeaway, I, I'm assuming by now you've watched the fight? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw it like two days later. Okay, so when you're watching that, your takeaway is he's in trouble? That was the, not, he's impressive, the... This is my craft, this is my job, so I watch things very serious. I'm so intelligent in this field that I don't need a notepad and paper, but I'm just like this when I'm watching it. And um, I took a lot away from it, you know? He is literally the same guy that I fought right before. Literally the same guy. Now, granted, Gilbert ran into his jab and then Gilbert kind of gave up after that. But uh, to me, as far as like skill set goes, hasn't improved anything. And his will's still the same. You know, if the guy like folds and gives into his will, he'll ride that out. But if somebody comes back and fights in them and wrestles into him, he, he doesn't have it in him and he, he don't have that manliness in him. And it, and it showed when we fought, you know, he had chances to like throw blows with me because I was tired from wrestling. And what would he do? Just keep hugging me. He's Awkward dancing with me and rubbing feet with me. I'm like, man, we're getting paid to fight and you're trying to rub feet? Cool, bro. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens when I got a little bit more than six days to prepare for your ass. So there, there was a lot that was said about his striking, improved striking, things of that nature. None of that impressed you. I, I just see us in complete different levels. You know, I've, man, it, it's like disrespectful to, to bring that guy in the striking aspect. I fought animals like Eve Edwards, KJ Nunes. This was like over 10 years ago. Guys that made a living off striking and knocking people the hell out. Usman will never get there. Usman's never been there. And I'm going to do the same thing I did in the first fight, but just at a much more violent pace. We, we can't stand together and he knows it, you know? What did Gilbert do wrong in the first round? Because it did seem like he briefly rocked him. What did he, you know, what, what could he have done to actually finish the fight? Easy. As soon as he got taken down, he could have used all his will, all, all his being in him to get right back up. You know, uh, he threw a kick. Usman caught it, took him down. Yeah, nothing you could do about that. But now you can get right back up. He laid, I think, like a minute and a half on his back. Getting kicked, getting punched. Usman cleared up his head, cleared the cobwebs. If if Gilbert would have given everything he had at that moment to get up, who knows? If he started slugging it with him there while he's fresh, not tired yet. Who knows if he catches him again and, and puts him down in the coffin, but he, he didn't have it in him to get up. He just didn't want to get up. You know, and he's, he's fresh. I, I would have thought, man, I'm, I'm getting up no matter what, and I'm going to sock you in the face. But I think he got caught up in the maybe he'll come into my guard and I'll submit him and maybe this, maybe that. All that maybe happened. And he just stayed there on his back for like a minute and a half from what I remember. So then he wins. And now I'd love to know, what are you thinking when he's doing the post-fight interview with Joe Rogan? And, you know, typically or historically, the champion doesn't call out someone, especially someone that he beat, but yet he made it pretty clear that he wanted to fight you next. When you hear this, when you see this, what are you thinking? All I can think is like, all right, cool, we're gonna fight, blah, blah, blah. But then he, he said some stupid things. He said that I called myself Jesus. I, I wanna see the clip where I said I'm Jesus. I wanna hear the sign back where I said I'm Jesus. I've never said I'm Jesus. I'll never claim to be Jesus. I am a follower of Jesus. I love Jesus Christ, but I've never said I am Jesus. So, so, uh, He's, he, he's, uh, it's not personal ever with none of these, f but I can tell you what, if it was going to be personal, this one's pretty close, you know, just because he's saying things to promote the fight that are not true based on my religion. And I just think fighters in general, we should never get into the religion. I, I don't care what he worships, who he worships. It's not my concern. I'm not going to talk about it. And it should be the same thing. Don't 
talk about my religion and don't say that I say things that I never said because I'll bet you anything but your million dollars you can't produce the tape where I said I am Jesus I am the way the light I am the never there's no sound bite of it there's no nothing the street Jesus thing I get it I have long hair maybe a similar complexion to Jesus and the internet's undefeated and people are throwing out the street Jesus thing that's not Jesus that's street Jesus I would never claim to be nobody's Lord and Savior so, I mean, I think also he's trying to win over fans in, in, in the Western Hemisphere and stuff, you know, but uh, it didn't sit well with me at all, man, and, and we'll quickly find out. What about when you're called a, a street thug and things like that? Does that bother you? No, man, I'm you know, those rumors are true. You know, I, I wasn't, I didn't have uh, the growing up that these did. I didn't have a, a doctor for a dad and a lawyer for a mother. I didn't, so I did things that I'm not proud of. So if somebody says that to me, I wipe my ass with it. I don't give a damn. You know, but things like that, like speaking of the religion, you know, it's kind of like, okay, got it. Let's see what happens. I don't give a All I know is that he's taking a right now in his pants, you know, because how, how do you fight me on six day notice and you have no intentions to try to hurt me, to, to even land like a blow and follow up on it or try to, you know, choke me or break my arm with an arm bar or something. So I, I just know that he knows that. I'm going to have gas for five rounds and he's going to have to put up with that fucking insane pace of me trying to just end him from start to finish. He revealed recently that he broke his nose before the fight, that he was fighting with a broken nose. Did you know that? Could you sense that? What was your reaction when you found out about that? I'm pretty sure the blow that I landed broke his nose, but let's, let's, let's leave it up to whatever, right? Let's say, yeah, whoever broke his nose broke his nose. I just want to see the long list of excuses after we fight. It's going to be like, oh, but I was sparring with King Kong and he broke my orbital. And then the flash hit me with a knee in my rib. I just want to see that list of excuses after we fight. So obviously you guys fought back in July. Um, we know how the whole fight came together. One week's notice, a lot of drama. But could you be honest with me now? And, and you kept your cards very close to your vest when it all happened. How bad was that weight cut? I saw the picture. I saw you draped in the you know, the towels on, on the floor there, but be honest, how, how difficult was it to actually get to 170? Weight cut was tough, you know, and as you get older, it just gets rougher. Uh, when I used to fight at 55, I used to cut between like 17 and 18 pounds, but I was in my 20s and it would hurt, but I, I could do it, I could recuperate. Wasn't a great feeling. Um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't my best weight cut, I can tell you that much. And uh, the, the last three pounds, the cut took longer than the first 17, you know, if, if that kind of gives you like a like a better understanding of how tough it was. But um, as I stand right now, I'm like not I just finished training right now. I'm like nine pounds to go. So let's uh, wow. let's rock and roll. OK, so this is great for you. I mean, nine pounds compared to what you went through. This is always how how I am when I when I fight, when I have proper notice, you know, at the time I was lifting weights. I was I wasn't doing specific fight training stuff because I didn't have a fight. I was just trying to get a little stronger, a little heavier. So I was heavier than I usually am. As I stand right now, I'm like 181 pounds, 180 pounds. Were you close to not making weight? For the Usman fight? Yeah. When I got to like 18 pounds, I started like, wow, this hurts. But all I kept thinking is it'll mean nothing if I go out there and knock this guy out and not come home with that belt. So I'm gonna make the weight like a man because I've never missed weight. I, I signed that dotted line. Let's compete. I said something. I'm going to make this way. I'm going to do the weight, you know? If not, then I shouldn't have took the fight. That would have been like the coward way out. So I, I made sure I made the weight and then gave him my best. Did you really have pizza in Italy? <laughs> I wish I had pizza in Italy. The whole team had pizza in Italy. You know, I, I did the little Photoshop thing, this and that, and made the internet 
go nuts, but no, I, I wish I would have had pizza in Italy. Considering the relationship between you and him and considering the buildup, you know, there was a lot of drama leading up to that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get this final week's notice and everything explodes and the pay-per-view does great, but the fight doesn't really pan out the way the fans wanted it to. And of course, you don't win as well. And I remember talking to you like three days later and you were having French fries, you were at the office, you were in good spirits. But once the cameras went away and once you're alone and you're like, damn, I just lost to this guy. And after all that, I got a week to prepare. How did you deal with the loss how long did it take for you to get over it i was depressed the whole plane ride however long the plane ride was back i was eating as much as i could just depressed as can be but as soon as i got to miami i went on like an eight mile bike ride i went to the gym i jumped rope i hit the bag and immediately i felt better and i just said you know what i'm just gonna train because that's the only thing that keeps me from going into depressions i i I've had like bad episodes before in my life and the only thing that's gotten me out is my kids and training you know so that's all I did. I just hung out with my family and went to the gym and worked out day in and day out. Do you mind telling me more about that? I'm fascinated by that. Like when 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 were you at your lowest? When were you at your most depressed? Mm, I don't know. I've had a bunch of episodes like where where like uh, you know you're just depressed. You know you just down certain things didn't pan out on the personal and the pro, and then they they intertwine with each other. It just makes it worse. Mixed in with no money because in the UFC, as we all know, a lot of the guys don't get hooked up. You know, you're a top 10 guy in the world and you still have to have a part-time job or this and that. So you're like, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket, all my energy into this, and I can't even provide for my family. You know, mixed in with maybe some failure, some personal problems. I, uh, I, I didn't have the smoothest road always, but it's made me who I am now. It's, it's made me that much stronger, that much better. I'm much wiser, so I, I wouldn't change anything about my past. Could you ever have imagined that you'd be making this kind of money in your MMA career? Yes. Especially at year 18? Yes. You always believed that? I always believed it in my heart. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take no from an answer because I was beating up world-class guys in the ring. I was beating up ex-champions in the ring. It's just a matter of time, you know. It's it, it, it a lot of it, like I always say, happened in exact long ago. What what am I missing, you know? Oh, th this is what I'm missing because as you remember, I I wasn't much of an interview guy. I'm still not much of an interview guy. You're my boy, so let's go, let's do these interviews, you know. I got a couple other friends in the media that I'll do the interviews with, but I I, uh, I was even more antisocial then, you know. If if we rewind to like high school days, I I had like one friend in the whole high school or two friends. It's just the type of person I am. This is not because I can't carry a conversation or have enough intelligence to talk to people. Just, I don't give a f I just was so focused in doing what I had to do that I didn't care about other things. It's still the same way nowadays. I just, I, I wanna do me. I don't, I don't wanna do anything else. I don't care what the world's doing. When's the last time you watched that fight, the first fight against Usman? Like a week ago. And when you watch it, what do you see? I see somebody that's not mean versus somebody that is very mean-spirited. I see somebody that is content to just hold and rub my feet instead of somebody that, man, I, I want to hurt you, man. I, I want to give every single fan in there, whether they love me or they hate me, I want to give them money's worth. You know, this is entertainment at the end of the day, mixed in with skill and stuff, you know? So no excuses. He won the first one, cool beans. We'll, we'll see how much of a different fight this is the second time around. And from the start to the end of it, Everybody will be like, yep, this was worth for the first and the second one. Thank you, Masvidal. We love you. Usman, f*** you because you're the same guy. You know, he's going to come to hug me and try to put me in the fence, but it's not going to work. It's, it's just 
it's not going to work out. So the two big takeaways, of course, were you getting pinned up against the uh, the cage and, and the foot stomps. How do you avoid those? We got some plans for that. But the first thing is being in good shape, you know, not having to cut a crazy amount of weight. So I have my legs under me. I got a little bit of power in me. I got my speed with me. Those things look check, check. Since I've gotten this fight, I started running right away, doing the things I had to do to drop my weight. My weight is perfect, so I, I am not worried about anything this guy does. Would it also be fair to say that you're expecting a better version of him? Because after all, he did take the fight against you on a week's notice as well. I, I believe that maybe he was like at 80%, you know? Why? Because not so much me or this and that, because of the traveling, because of the time, you know? And then he had to fight me, last minute notice, now he's getting to prepare for me. You know, so I, I definitely, I don't think I saw him at his 100%, but I have seen him at 100% in other fights. And more than anything, haven't seen him at 100% or not. Like I said earlier, it's not even about the skill. It's about the will of the person, the, the, the dog in the person, you know. There's a lot of other fighters that I probably wouldn't fight them on six-day notice because I'm like, man, those guys are mean. They're, they're, if I'm not in shape and I'm a little bit tired, they're going to try to break my nose. They're going to try to, like, hurt me, hurt me, you know. Usman's not that guy. He's never been. He's a coward. Do you feel like this is your last chance at a title? You have to win this fight. If not, you're not going to get another chance at the belt. I feel like every fight I have to win. Every single fight. Um, but no, I, I don't feel like that at all. I just feel like I'm going to win this fight and I'm going to continue to do bigger and better things before I close the chapter on this MMA thing. I'm going to do some incredible stuff, some violent things that are going to they're going to leave people in that moment, you know, in that awe moment. Do you, do you have an end date in mind? Yeah. When is it? Can't tell you. <laughs> yeah. You have an age yeah. when you want to stop? Yeah. I got I got it all planned out. out. We've had it all planned out for a while, you know. I uh I don't like to complain about injuries or age or nothing, but I am thirty six and like you said, I've been doing this now seventeen, going on eighteen professional years, you know. It's um it's been the funnest roller coaster, it's been the funnest game, it's been the greatest movie I've taken a role in, I, the, the best drug I've ever taken. I mean, everybody's heard me talk about fighting and how much I love it. I, I love what I do. That's why I'm still here. That's why I'm still in the UFC. That's why I'm still competing at the highest level because I truly love what I do. I go into the gym. I still have an open mind. I'm still learning things. My conditioning coach breaks me down in conditioning. I'm still a dog. I'm, I'm still getting after it. I need all my practices that are required. I, I love what I do. That's why I'm still here. But everything does come to an end, you know? I'm not going to push my body to a place where now some up and coming bum that wouldn't have even held my jog strap two, three years ago. Now all of a sudden can go into a decision with me. That, that's not going to happen when my time comes. It came, you know, and it'll be the hardest thing to walk away from the sport. But I've been preparing. I've been, you know, doing a lot of things. So when I'm done with the sport, I could transition to something else that makes my adrenaline pump, you know. You think you're fighting when you're 40? I'm not going to say no. You know, I, I have a lot of plans and goals in mind. I can't tell you none of them right now. All I can tell you is that April 24th, it's going to be violent and bloody. But after that, I, I can't tell you anything more because then, you know, you know, man, you know how it is, man. When the fight was announced, Jorge, some of the fans were like, wait a second. He hasn't fought since the first fight. He hasn't picked up a W since the first fight. Why is he getting this? We just saw this fight. What is your response to those people, those naysayers? Shut the f up. <laughs> That's it, you know? I'm sure you That's saw it, it right? Hmm? I, I'm sure you saw some of that, right? Oh, of course. I see it. I, I, I hear about it, this and that. It's uh, it's the same naysayers that were saying, oh, but he, he didn't deserve the fight in the first time or this. Uh, 
Like I beat number at the time, Till was three. Uh, ben was whatever the f number five. Nate had just beaten uh, Pettis and he was like in the top five as well. And people were, and I finished all those guys in one calendar year and they're all talking about, oh, you know, I'd like to see Masvidal more fights and this and that. There's always going to be haters. You know, if I take a picture with so-and-so, there's going to be a thousand people loving it and there's going to be a thousand people hating it. Everything I do, especially at this magnitude, the whole world's watching, somebody's going to not like it. I can give a less. It's, it's not, you know, it's not my concern, but I'll tell you what. I bet you anything they'll be watching. You know why not? Because they love me so much or they enjoy the pictures I put on Instagram. No, because I do my job and I do it from here. And everybody knows that whether you love me or hate me, I'm going to come to fight. Maybe not your favorite fighter, but you know, sure as hell, you're going to put your money on me that I'm going to come to fight and I'm going to come to give it my all at every exchange, at every setting in the fight. I'm going to give everything I have to the end individual in front of me. Therefore, thus providing entertainment in, in what I chose to do for my whole life. There's a reason why people still tune into me 18 years into the sport because I bring that violence, you know? <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. And so now I have to ask you, April 17th, your old foe, Ben Askren, is fighting Jake Paul in a boxing match. And that foe, man. You can't call that guy a foe. That thing is, he's like a speed bump, you know? And I have this big G-Wagon, AMG, top of the line, and I just I was like, did you feel that? I looked over to, to the passenger and I was like, did you feel that bump? And What? Oh, the music was loud. Don't worry about it. You know, that type of thing. You know, he's not a foe. And he's, also, and he's also not a representation of our sport, of my beautiful sport. He's not, you know, he's actually quite, this is a sport. When you used to ask him in interviews, like, why don't you ever strike or learn to strike? No, because I could just wrestle these guys to death. I love wrestling. I'm a huge wrestling fan, but you have to show respect. You have to know this is MMA. You have to strike. You have to do jiu-jitsu. You have to do wrestling, all these things. So now this guy is going to supposed to represent what? my Our community or something in boxing? Hell no. Who the hell gave this guy an approval? The only reason why he's doing that is because I embarrassed him so much. and made him so famous for getting knocked out. Somebody else wants to do the same thing to the guy. But I just want to make this clear for anybody who thinks he is not a representation of MMA in any way. Do you know what I say, bro? Yes, but Bellator champ, one championship champion, beat guys in the UFC. How can you not say he's a representation? I, I, I can understand you saying his style wasn't friendly, but he did put in his time. He paid his dues in MMA, no? Yeah, he paid his dues in MMA. But to say, to say that we're sending that guy into boxing, it's not a fair representation of our sport at all. The guy can't throw a punch. The guy can't spell jab. You're like... It, he can't. He doesn't have it in him to produce the force to hurt somebody with his muscles. Yet we're supposed to get behind this guy in, in any way, shape, or form. Like get the f out of here, bro. And plus, 
I can't stand Ben, as we all know it. So, I mean, it could have been anybody fighting him. I would have been like, man, Ben, you know? Fair enough. No, I get that. But you have you you have those feelings, but you've also aligned yourself with Jake. You've actually trained with Jake, and this has drawn the ire of the community. How could you, Jorge? How could you how could you align yourself with the YouTube guy against the MMA guy? Explain why you felt like this was okay. Well, we uh we had some mutual friends. We we met a couple times. We hang out, you know. And I think I might have like the pictures got out this and that, and immediately people started. Telling me what to do, right? And this and that. And you got to understand something about me. Peer pressure doesn't work on me. Or people telling me what to do in a negative way doesn't work on me. So as soon as I started seeing that and people started like talking more about it. Like, oh man, you disgracing MMA. This and that. I was like, guess what? I'm inviting Jake Paul to my wedding. He's going to be my best man. Like nobody tells me what to do. It's just, that's the only force that tells me what to do. My mother because she could whoop my ass. And my father because I love him to death. That's the only people that tell me what to do. So as soon as people started getting upset, I was like, yeah, bah! you know, get really upset because now I'm going to train this mother to knock out the dude that I can't stand in any dimension, you know? And would I love to see Ben get laid out again for all the talking that he still continues to do to this day? Hell yeah. And if I could add to that knockout, why not? Just to, just so Ben could think like, damn, just maybe Masvidal showing him this or that led to my downfall. Count me in. Count me in. A lot of great boxers are saying that Jake is a legit fighter, that he has legit skills. Tyson, Zab Judah recently, others as well. You were in there with him. Is he legit? I We've never sparred. I've seen him spar. I've seen him do the things. I'll tell you what, for his size, man, he's got decent hand-eye coordination. Now, can I say he's legit? Hitting the bag, he looks smooth. Hitting the pads, he looks smooth. And in sparring, he's, he's done some things that, that look good. But boxing is about fighting, man. So... Legit to what level? Like, are you talking about him fighting with Zab Judah? No, he's not going to beat Zab Judah. But is he going to beat the shit out of Ben Askren? He's legit as shit. He's going to beat the dog out of him. Now, you know, Ben does have experience. Ben could get him tired, maybe fourth, fifth round. Jake's never been in these areas. Things could happen, you know? As long as he sticks to what he knows and, and does what he's supposed to do, I think he's a much better athlete. I think he naturally hits way harder than Ben because, I mean... Did you see the Damian Maya and Ben Ashton fight? Did you see that fight? You, you see your face that you just made? Everybody just saw that face, you know? That's the same fight that I saw too. It, it's just, sorry, Ben. Maybe you got to like die and be reborn again because it's, it's not happening in this lifetime that you could strike, you know? So you think Jake knocks him out? I think Jake beats him fairly easy. Okay. But I think um, that about anybody that has two hands is going to fight Ben, you know? Who's this guy gonna be? Fucking, he can't even. He doesn't even have the technique, and it's not so much that he just doesn't have the DNA for it. He, he's a disrespectful mother. He said it in interviews. I don't need to do striking. I don't practice striking. I just go in there and wrestle these guys. Well, he said that his whole career, his whole life. It, it's true. It's true. That's that's always what he's done. So now, overnight, you're gonna learn how to box in just a straight boxing setting where you're not allowed to hold and take guys down. I don't think so, amigo. You were the darling of the MMA community. And then there's the Jake Paul thing. And then there's the, the politics thing. And now all of a sudden I see the comments. It's like, we want Kobe to be, I see this all of a sudden. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. How do you feel about the reaction to you, you know, speaking out about things that may, you know, ruffle feathers that, you know, may upset some people? I'll tell you one thing. I don't think I was ever 
made to be famous, not because I can't handle it, but because I'm gonna make a lot of people like upset, you know, and freak out. Because I'm not, I'm not gonna bite my tongue. I'm not gonna not say what I feel in my heart. I, uh, I'm not gonna say I know everything that there is to know about politics or nothing like that. But I am gonna say, since a very early age, I've, I've been in a very in like face-to-face -face reality with it, seeing it with my own eyes. You know, I've, I've talked about this. My my aunt was so desperate to get out of Cuba that she crossed a landmine field to get to Guantanamo Bay that's filled with bombs. And her breast exploded. And she almost died, but she got to Guantanamo. They were able to get her. Paramedics saved her. And I go, why, why, why would you do that? Why, why would you or anybody risk your life on that minefield when you know what's to happen. And the only thing that I could think of was, damn, whatever you're running from, escaping from, has to be that bad that you're willing to sacrifice yourself, you know? And uh, shit, I've been, I've been in that culture my whole damn life. I was born into it. I, I've only been around it my whole damn life. So how could I not use the platform that I have? You know, if I had 10 people, or if I had a hundred million people listening, I'm gonna say what I feel is the truth, what my father, what my family has showed me, what freedom looks like, and I'm gonna speak out on it, you know? Okay, so you don't mind uh, if some people are unhappy. You know, you don't read that stuff and it doesn't get to you like, oh, how did I, because you literally could do no wrong in 2019, right? I mean, you were, like I All said. All the time, you know? And, and to me, yeah. it's like, that's crazy that more people aren't offended because I, I really believe that I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and I really believe that I'm an acquired taste for those that have an acquired taste, you know, because I'm, I'm just me. I'm not, I'm not, you know, all these fads that go on and all these trends that go on and now everybody's doing the same thing on like Instagram. You don't see me doing that or, or everybody's doing some type of challenge to get more followers and stuff. You don't see me doing that because I don't give a f I'm just going to do what I do on a daily. I'm going to train and take care of my family and provide for my family. I'm going to talk to God every day. I'm going to eat whatever food I want. I'm going to go anywhere in the world I want. And I'm gonna do the things that that make me happy, you know, and make my family happy. The rest of the world, it's never, it's never meant to me. And, and let me to get even more personal, because I know in the interviews they love it. When my car, when I was sleeping in my car, and and I had like a broken window that wouldn't go up or down, and I'm in Miami, Florida, and it's pouring rain, and I got my dog with me, and it's humid, and I have a practice in like five hours, and I can't sleep because of the rain and this and that. Where the were any of these people? Where, where the you think anybody would even bought me a cheeseburger? You think anybody would have ever done shit for me? So all these moments in my life just have made me what I am, who I am. Like I, I don't care. I don't, I don't need your approval. I don't need the next guy's approval. I'm, I'm good in my conscience. What I do, I don't hurt people, or nothing like that. Only in the ring, and and as God is my witness, I'm gonna keep doing me. It's crazy to hear you talk about living in a car with your dog and the, the window doesn't go up and it's raining. And yet earlier in the conversation, you said you did believe that you would make millions of dollars at some point in your career. I, I knew since Ow. I was in that car. I knew since I was in that car. And it's like 2.30. Two, two it's 2.30 in the... I'll tell you how. So whoever could hear this or grab this wisdom and because this is what we're supposed to do is help each other out. So grab this and, and run with it. I knew since then, you know why? Because I'd look at the at the phone, I'm like, man, I wish I could just fall asleep. It's so hot. You're like sticky. Your hair stuck to your face because it's sweaty. And then I'm like, man, I, I know I'm going to get out of here because I, I want it that bad. I'm, I'm just going to get to whatever, you know, to a couch. If I just get to a couch, I'm at a better place. I'm going to get to the couch and soon enough, you know, and then I go to the practice and I know it wasn't my best day because, man, I didn't get good sleep. You know, that seatbelt buckle was in my ribs all night long. So I'm like a little bit stiff and I'd go to practice and I'd give it all I got. And whether I kick somebody's ass or got my ass kicked, I knew. 
I bet you these wouldn't have shown up if they went through what I went through. And sure enough, most of them wouldn't. And guess what? I kept doing that and kept doing that. And now eventually, six, seven months later, I got out of that car. Now I'm sleeping in a full time. Guess what? I'm fucking people up in the gym. And it just keeps going and going and going. And once that ball starts rolling, especially for me, it's so easy for me to focus on, on what I'm doing on myself and literally the world. You know, I, I don't care, you know, so I knew that I would get here. You know, I knew that this moment would happen and nobody could tell me nothing. You know, you, you could have told me in the car, you could have knocked on my window and be like, hey, just give up this fighting stuff. Look where you're at. Look what, look what you're doing. Why, why are you doing this? Oh, OK, cool. Thank you, buddy. You know. It's incredible. So considering that, considering that journey, what do you think it will feel like when you get the belt? on April 24th and how will you celebrate? Have you thought about this? Have you dreamed of this? Get yeah, that feeling of being crowned? Cause I know how much it means to you being crowned champion. I've only dreamt about this, uh, what? 365 days times 18 years, 17 years, you know, that actually longer when I was like 12, 13 years old is when I was like, I'm gonna be the world's greatest in this thing. I'm gonna be the world's best. It's, it's all I'm gonna do and, and that's it, you know, so I, uh, I've dreamt of this moment a lot. I, I I don't know exactly how I'm gonna celebrate or what I'm gonna do. I know I'm gonna be eating a lot of food though at some point. So you've actually visualized like that moment when they put the belt around your waist? Yeah. I've 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 seen it just like I, I see you right now. You know, I've seen it in my head. That's one thing I got really good is I could visualize really good. And uh, it's helped me to get to where I'm at. So I definitely have seen that moment, like I said, a lot of times in my head, my brother. And uh, just a couple more, speaking of, uh, and thank you as always for the time, Jorge, speaking of visualizing, can you just map out, like you beat, what's so fascinating about this to me is, you beat Kamaru, you have when? three massive, massive fights. When? when you beat Kamaru, okay, my bad. You have three massive fights on the horizon. There's the trilogy, of course, which would make a lot of sense, right? There's the Colby fight, which obviously would I, make I don't know a lot how that sense. fight is massive. It, he has a, a contingency of who no, nobody watches this guy. I want to beat him up on a personal level, but let's get something straight. It's not a massive fight. It's not like we're gonna. I'm gonna sell out pay per views, but he's not a draw in, in any way, shape, or form. He, he can't even headline a pay per view fighting a, a ex champion. He can't even be on a pay per view. They got to do it on the free shit because Kobe doesn't draw. So it's not a massive fight. It's more like I want to you up. So therefore, thus I'm gonna you up. But it's not a massive fight. Let's not lie. Just like what you would say. Me and maybe like Leon Edwards is a massive, that's not a massive fight. Nobody knows that mother you know? I go to his hometown and they're asking me for pictures. Don't nobody know that mother Me and Nate Diaz is a massive fight, you know? Well, so that's what I was gonna get to. Or the winner of Leon versus Nathan Diaz. I mean, one of those three, in my opinion, you can't go wrong. Which option do you foresee happening? Which option do you like best? I foresee that as long as they win, they, they do whatever the after I get the belt, that I baptize them all. That I end them, I leave them unconscious in a pool of blood and and very, very hurt. You know, not one of those three guys is gonna get nothing off on me. And uh, I, I used to have a little bit of respect for Nate Diaz, a lot of it actually. But then he started, you know, doing the typical fighter stuff. I never I never insulted this individual or nothing. And then he started calling me a on Twitter because I'm fighting for a world championship and he's playing with his doing God knows what, you know? So I, I, I didn't take kindly to those things. And then he also said something like, I thought about quitting. In, in what universe was that? Because he said, I thought about quitting this fight because I'm on top of him, punching him in the face. And then when I got up, I, I put my hands like this over my head because, yeah, I was a little winded at the moment. 
from beating the crap out of you for 15 minutes. So it, those are those things that like bother me. And I'm a very competitive person, but there, there's certain things you can't see. I've never quit in 50 pro fights. I've never quit. It's never been a thought process of mine. Nate Diaz is actually tapped in a fight. I've never tapped in a fight. I've never been knocked out. It's just not in me to quit. I'm, I'll go till I have nothing left in me, but I won't quit. You know, that, that quitting stuff, that pain stuff, man, I've been through so much worse. I've been through so many more things in my life that if they didn't break me then, there's no man ever that'll break me in the cage. So when Nate said that, I was like, I got you, don't worry. We're gonna fight and I'm gonna embarrass you even worse. So, so Kamaru Colby, Nate, Leon, who would be the top guy in your opinion for the first defense? I, man, if I could fight them all three in one night, but I really, I, I mean this with sincerity, I give a f less, but maybe more, yeah, give a f less, bro. I give a f less because they're all three gonna get it at some point. You keep saying three, but there's actually four there. Four, yeah, all, all four of them. They're all gonna f***ing get it, you know, one way or another. I mean, some of them have already got it. Kobe's been getting it for years, you know. I remember beating this guy's ass in practice. I'd hit him with body shots. He'd take his gloves off. The coaches would be like, man, stay in practice. He'd try to leave, run into the locker room. The same thing he did with Usman and So um, I wouldn't mind reminding this individual who daddy is, you know. Fair enough. Uh, final question for you, Jorge. How do you win on April 24th? Do me a favor. Do me a favor. When you see that coward, yes. do me a favor. When you see that coward, that fragile dude, be like, hey, and look him right in the eyes and be like, hey, Masvidal said something. I just want to ask you. He said, uh, he's your daddy. Is this true or what? And see what he says. See, see how he reacts to that, you know? Because he knows who daddy is. And, and who are you referring to, just for the record? That fragile mother**** that everybody be like, you know? That dude that ran out of the really cage. The dude that ran out of the cage when they broke his jaw. Yeah, a little fragile. I said, dude, he goes, hey, Masvidal saying some wild. Shit. He said he's he's your daddy. How do you feel about that, man? He looked me in my eyes and my soul, and he said that he's your daddy. How do you feel about that? And why is he saying such things like that? Ask him. You used to get the better of him. Getting the better of him is not is not like uh like the way to put it. Just just ask him. You know, it was a little bit deeper than just beating somebody's ass in practice. Okay, interesting. Um, how do you win on April 24th? Violent. What do you visualize? Violent. What do you see? It's violent, man. It's, it's, it's you, you got to give the people what they want, you know? If, uh, if I was a basketball player, I'd be doing a la Kobe, a la Jordan, trying to put 50 points on somebody's face. In my sport, how you separate yourself from the pack is by violence, by leaving somebody close as possible to death as you possibly could. Jorge, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So like I said, I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did as well. Great stuff. I love those extended conversations. I appreciate Jorge for giving me some time. And I'm looking forward to seeing if he can right the wrong of uh, this past July against the one and only Kamara Usman, the Nigerian nightmare on April 24th, of course, on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. We got a ton of MMA, of course, between now and then. Uh, Wednesday night, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, we got the return of Demetrius Johnson. We got the return of Eddie Alvarez on the first one on TNT card. That's Wednesday night after AEW, 10 p.m. Eastern. We got Bellator returning this Friday. Ryan Bader against Leota Machida 2, the start of their light heavyweight Grand Prix. Liz Carmouche against Vanessa Porto. I'm looking forward to that. Katzengano returning as well. So check that out on Friday. And then on Saturday, we've got, as I said, UFC on ABC2, Marvin Vittori against Kevin Holland. Again, check out my conversation with Kevin Holland on Monday's podcast. Big fight at 185 pounds. Big fight for Vittori, who's on a roll. 
Big fight for Holland, who's trying to get back on track after the loss to Derek Brunson. By the way, just the third fighter in uh, recent MMA history, U- recent UFC history, I should say, modern UFC history, to headline two shows within three weeks. The other two, um, Michael Bisping did it against GSP and then Kelvin Gaslam. And then, of course, very recently, Davison Figueredo did it not that long ago when he fought Alex Perez and then Brandon Moreno. So here's Kevin Holland um, doing or at least trying to do what Bisping did, coming off a loss. Bisping lost that fight to Gaslam. Holland, of course, trying to win against Marvin Vittori. Also on that card, Arnold Allen against Sadiq Youssef. I'm looking forward to that. The return of Julian Marquez on the card as well. Mackenzie Dern, Mike Perry, Jim Miller on the prelims. So there's a lot to like on this card. Jack Shore undefeated, probably the best fighter to come from Cage Warriors in some time. Prelims start 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. And then main card, 3 p.m. Eastern on ABC and ESPN+. Also, after the card, you got WrestleMania this weekend, two nights. I'm very excited about that. My kids and I are going to watch. We are all very pumped. And speaking of WrestleMania, had an interview last week with Roman Reigns, who's headlining Sunday night's card from Tampa. Uh, This morning, we posted on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel a conversation with Biggie, who's the Intercontinental Champion. I had no idea he was such a big MMA fan like a real hardcore fan, watches all the stuff, listens to all the stuff, reads all the stuff. This guy knows his stuff. So if you like to hear celebrities, other athletes talking about MMA, it's a really fun conversation. Check that out on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. Also, I, uh, I have an interview up today with Patricio Pitbull, who's the reigning defending Bellator lightweight and featherweight champion, just defeated Emmanuel Sanchez on Friday. Um, I think he's one of the best pound for pound fighters on the planet. I'd love to see him fight the Volkanovskis of the world. We'll see if that ever happens. But coming up next for him is AJ McKee in one of the best fights Bellator has ever put on. And that'll probably happen in the summer. It was great to have him on the program. It was great to talk to him. And if you're a fan of, uh, you know, one of the best fighters who also is coming into his own as a personality, learning to speak English, uh, he has come a long way. Go check that out right now on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. All right. As for this uh, feed, wherever you're listening to this, please continue to rate, review, download, subscribe, all the things that you do. We appreciate your support very much. We appreciate you listening and watching. It means the world to us. So thank you. And by the way, on Monday, it's back to the same old schedule. We'll have a DC and Hawani for you. Aaron on the bad guy, Wednesday, Thursday. We're off on that show. And isn't it funny? JLP DC not working, but here I am. Old reliable himself giving you the goods. How about that? Much love, my friend. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.